Uh, you guys can be seated. Uh, if I haven't had the opportunity or the privilege to meet you yet, my name is Kincaid. I serve on staff here as one of the student ministers with Macy. Shout out Macy. That's my girl. She's awesome. Um, happy Memorial Day, y'all. I don't want to go any further without just saying if, if you served or have any family that was in service, thank you so much for everything. Grace City is so glad that y'all are here this morning. Um, I'm actually from three generations of people who served. Uh, my people Red, which is the most Louisiana thing I think I've said today. Um, but my people Red served uh, in the Army. My Papa served in the Army, which is the second most Louisiana thing I've said. And then my dad also served. Uh, but they all, they all serve in the Army, and I play uh, basketball with middle schoolers for a living. So, hoorah. Um, <laughs> uh, but I do want us to kind of, we're talking about chaos today, and that's something I think, I don't know if it's just me and it's just student ministry, but dude, May has just been crazy. It's been a chaotic month. It's just like constantly going, going, going. In student ministries, it's graduations and it's field days. Like we have been rolling this month, y'all. And I just want us all to kind of take a moment and take inventory with yourself of like, what does chaos mean to you? What does it look like? Does it look like this morning trying to get kids ready for, for church? Does it look like your childhood? Does it look like everything you've done coming up to this moment? It could be your last year. It could be this morning. It could be anything. Um, but chaos can feel bleak sometimes. Um, and I want to talk about chaos kind of through a lens of a verse that I've talked about before in, in students, but uh, Psalms 4610. Uh, he says, be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. And I want us to remember this first part, to be still and know that I am God. Uh, and before we go anywhere, I want to say something about chaos is that it's, it's not, a misunder- it's not uh, an absence of God, uh, but rather it's a misunderstanding of who he is and who we are alongside of him. A lot of times we try to fit God into our situation or into our chaos when we should really just put him above it where he belongs. And this chaos should incite us to dig deeper in our relationships, in our church, and with our people. I think there's three types of chaos, or at least there was whenever I was studying for it. Um, And the first one is external chaos. Um, And when I think of that, I think of Mark 4, 35 through 39. Uh, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The the disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drowned? And I don't know about y'all, but a lot of times when I'm in those moments of chaos, I ask that question a lot. God, don't you see me right now? Don't you see me drowning in all this stress? Don't you see me up to my neck in this chaos? Don't you care if I go under? Don't you care if it's too much? Aren't you worried about it? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. Uh, in college, we had this thing, it's like you're in the culture, but you're not of the culture as Christians. And I kind of want to do a spin on that and say that although we're in the chaos, we are not of the chaos. As Christians, we're, we're in it. Um, I don't know if y'all looked at the news recently or, or looked around or hit a pothole in Jackson recently, but there is chaos everywhere. Chaos is just a part of it. But I think we have a unique opportunity as Christians to almost be the eye of the storm, if that makes sense. I think I told that exact thing to Macy after a city group one time. We had a student come up and was really upset about something, and, and the fact that he just felt like this was a safe enough space for him to come to me and talk to me about that shows something about what we can be as Christians. And to be this eye of the storm for people who do not know about God and who do not understand why there is so much peace within us. Uh, John 16, 33. Oh, I skipped something. 
<laughs> John 16:33 says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And I mentioned before Psalm 46:10, and the part that I want to pay attention to is, is be still and know that I am God. And when we deal with this external chaos, I think one of the things we can do is to be still. Uh, and I know a lot of us, our first instinct is like, dude, I have three kids. There is no way. They're all done with school. All summer I'm stuck with them. There is no way I can be still. And being still in this verse does not mean to be silent or to do nothing or to just hang out, but rather it means to lay down your arms. And it's almost saying that, that God, I cannot fight this on my own. I can't, I can't fix Jackson on my own. I can't make Chastain a beef school on my own. So I lay down my arms and I, I say, God, I can't handle this, but you can it's saying that I, I may not have the equipment for this, but I have someone on my team who can handle it easily. And laying down our arms like that and just saying that this is not my fight. And one thing, a, a point I want to make with this is that still does not mean stagnant. Um, a lot of times, uh, I'm from Louisiana, and, and there are a lot of swamps, and, and you can smell it when you drive by. And that stagnation is something we want to avoid as Christians because it, it stinks and it's not good, and you want to constantly move as Christians. And it's kind of like an old swamp versus a flowing river, that God is a moving river, and if we open up to him, he can move within us, and we will not be stagnant. Stagnation is not what we want. Isaiah 41.3 says, For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, Fear not, I will help you. And the second time of chaos, second type of chaos I really think about whenever I study for this that I thought of is internal chaos. Sometimes our chaos happens on the inside, and, and our toughest battles and the toughest fights and the strongest winds of chaos happen within our own minds and within our own thought processes. It's not always the external people. It's not always the, your neighbor that didn't mow the yard or the guy that rear-ended you on Lakeland or the guy that put coleslaw in my box combo at Cane's, which, by the way, is a, a cardinal sin. Like, I'm not even, even going to eat it if there's coleslaw. That's, it, it just shouldn't be a part of the equation. But anytime I think of internal chaos and, and that sort of thing, I always think about David. And if, you're, if you were in student ministry last year, we talked about, we had an entire series about mental health. And anytime I think about mental health, my heart always goes to David. David was a man after God's own heart, constantly pursuing him, but he always had, he suffered with depression and he suffered with anxiety. And he talks about it in Psalm 41 through 3. He said, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. And I like that last line because a lot of times when, when you're in those situations where everything in your thoughts and everything in your mind feels chaotic, you can almost feel like you're sinking, like almost you're standing in quicksand. And sometimes this internal chaos can really, really knock us off. And I know for myself it has. There have been entire seasons of my life that I felt like I've lost with my fight with depression and anxiety. And, and one thing I've learned from that, and even though I've won some and I've lost some, is that I've learned to ground myself. And he talks about finding a firm place to stand. And if you're strong and you're standing firm in, in God, the rock, that th these issues won't hit you as hard. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, uh, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Be still and know that I am God. And for this one, it's no. And there, there's an understanding that comes with planting your feet on the rock and being strong in that. And the winds of chaos are strong, and they're even stronger when they are within you. So if we root ourselves deeper in our relationships, in the word or in prayer, these winds won't hit us as hard. It's a, a difference between a tree that's been firmly planted and rooted and a tree that's been freshly planted. 
Although the tree does bend and all the other winds hit the tree just as hard, it may bend, it may crack a little bit, but it will never be unrooted. And that's my prayer for our church, and that's my prayer for Jackson, my students, and everywhere, is that we'll be a tree firmly planted, that although the winds will come, and that's a fact of life, you will never be unrooted. And the third and the final one um, that I think of when I think of chaos is, um, yeah, no, and then inherited chaos. <laughs> and whenever I think of that, I, I don't know if y'all know about like those signs that like people put above their house. It's just like, God bless this mess. You know what I'm talking about? I've never, I've never liked those signs. They always got on my nerves. It's like live, laugh, love and all that. I just, I, I can't do it. There's something about it that just bothers me. Um, but we inherit things uh, from our family. Um, and my dad uh, has a very large dome and it was given to me. And my sister calls it like the meeting of the pumpkin heads anytime we're around each other, which is really offensive, and I'm not too crazy about that. But P. Paul Red, like I told y'all before, he had this huge red beard. And if you saw me probably a week ago, then you would know that I inherited that too and everything that came with that. Um, but our families have the biggest influence on our development, whether it's our father and, and the things that he's passed down to us or our family, they always have a, a big influence on our development. And having an absent father growing up really shaped who I was in my early years, um, which is funny because I'm 23, but earlier years <laughs> than this. <laughs> and when I think about the, the Psalms 46:10 through this, and it's, it's be still and know that I'm God, it's that he is God. And he is God throughout the generations, over the generations. Your, your father's God is the same God. Your grandfather's God is the same God. He is the God of generations, and he is above it all. Ezekiel 1, 18, 1 through 4 says, For everyone belongs to me, the parent as well as the child. Both alike belong to me. And he's God throughout famine. He's God throughout plague. He is God throughout it all, over it all, the God of generations. Um, and I'm going to be, this is, in closing, I'm going to read this final psalm. And anytime I think about this, I thought this was the perfect close to kind of wrap all this up. And Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. He's God above it all, above all the chaos, above all we go through, above all the winds and all the waves. He's God above it all. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for everything you've done, Lord. Thank you for just giving us the opportunity to stand in the midst of the chaos and not be bent and not break under the pressure of it, God. I praise you for everything, God. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to come out here on a Memorial Day, God. Thank you for vacation time. Thank you for boats. Thank you for the lake, God. Thank you for everything you've done for us, Lord. We love you, and we're grateful for everything you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen.